last times I didn't want to bother you You were at work all night I didn't want to complain And I realized the compromise That love once make I'm holding on for the future Some more better days With you Welcome, 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 and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy, Jalen, and I want to thank you guys for listening, man. Uh, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, wherever you listen, whether that's YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever streaming platform, please subscribe, please share, please send to anybody if you enjoy the episode uh, or enjoy the podcast. Again, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you know... Anybody see Dante Wilder knock knock out uh, Dominique Brazil? <laughs> you know, this is crazy, though. I'm going to talk about, you know, the NBA playoffs and everything, but I want to get to that first because it's funny. All those people paid for the, the, the pay-per-view, and I was even one of them, one person considering paying for it. I was like, you know, I want to see that, you know, Dante was going crazy with his social, I mean, with his uh, media rollout. Talking about he's going to try to kill him, which which I get, man. He was absolutely right when he's saying that boxing is a gladiator sport. You have to have that level of dog in you, that level of I don't care, that level of I want to kill my opponent, or you're going to get destroyed, especially in the heavyweight division. The heavyweight division is clearly the, the strongest division when you have people like Wilder, you have Brazilian, or what's his name, Brazil, whatever the hell his last name is, uh, Andre Johnson, Fury, he, 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 those people will knock your head off if you don't come with that killer mentality, so I get what he was saying when he was like, you know, he has malice intent when he goes into the ring, not to mention him and Dominique have a history, uh, I think Dominique attacked his brother or something or jumped his brother and, you know, it, it was just back and forth. And it's it's funny how everybody that didn't watch the pay-per-view saw this fight because the fight lasted for like a minute. Dante Wilder knocked Dominique Brazzelli, whatever. I don't know how to say his name. I don't know how to say his last name. He knocked that man out so hard. It's crazy. Every video that's come out, whether that was ESPN, Sports Center, whether that was people on the ringside, Every video I seen, I've seen, you heard the punch. It was a man. Dante Waller punched that man so hard. I heard it in every single video that dropped. Whether you were in the ring and you weren't even, you didn't even have to be uh, ringside. Or every video that you know, all the ESPNs and stuff put out. I heard the hit. And it's funny, Dominique came out and said, I think the ref stopped the fight a little early. Like, my G. <laughs> he stole off from your ass. Like, it was, that was one of the strongest, quickest hits I've ever seen that knocked somebody out. But he was out before he hit the canvas. It, Dante Wilder, and, and it's funny, I, I, I noticed this, and I talked about this 
after the Nick Fury fight or Nick Fury or Fury fight. I don't know if his name is Nick, but Deontay Wilder is not a technical fighter to say the least. He doesn't have, he's not a, what he is is a power hitter. He is a person that he gets one hit. All he needs is a round up hit and he will knock you. I think out of 40, what, 40, um, 42 fights, he's knocked people out 40 times or something. Like he, he's not a technical fighter, boxer. He's not going to beat you with strategy that much. What his goal is, he's going to come in. And like I said, I saw this with the Fury fight. He's going to throw haymakers after haymakers after haymakers. If he continues to miss, he don't care. He's going to continue to throw haymakers. And that's his. That's, that's what's got him to where he is. Kind of like that Kimbo Slice mentality. Kimbo Slice didn't have, wasn't technically sound. Kimbo Slice was just a dude that will knock your head off. And that's what we're seeing with Deontay. And that's what Dominique, I'm just calling Brazili, saw on Saturday. He was playing no games. He didn't even make it out the first round. It was funny. One of the videos I saw. <laughs> Uh, the dude was like, please, Dante, just just, just make it to five rounds. I don't want to waste my money. Ten seconds later, he knocked Cuz out. And that just shows you how strong. Like, you train for however long you train for this one moment, and you don't even make it out the first round. That is, that's tough. That's tough. That's a tough one. But. Hey man, shouts out to Dante, and more than likely, which, you know, he, I think Max Kellerman asked him this, like, who do you want your next fight to be, or maybe Jalen Jacoby, uh, whether you wanted to be Fury again, because of course, as we know, that ended in a split decision, so it ended in a draw, or um, did you want it to be uh, jo- Anthony Joshua, who a lot of people are saying that he could be the best heavyweight fighter in the world. And, of course, we know that they were scheduled to fight, but something happened with um, one camp wanting another camp to thought he was drugging or whatever it was. I know that uh, Anthony Joshua backed out in the last minute. So, and I think he, I think Deontay Wilder said he wanted to fight Nick, I mean, he wanted to fight Fury again. He wanted uh he wanted some unfinished Tyson Fury, I'm sorry. He wanted to fight Tyson Fury again. Some unfinished unfinished business. And that was a that was an exciting fight. Yeah, it really showed the limitations of Deontay Wilder, but don't forget he did knock Cuz out. Like he did knock him on the ground. And he looked like he was out until he had an Undertaker moment. And that is Tyson Fury he had an Undertaker moment and came back. If it wasn't for, you know, getting knocked on the ground a couple of times, you would have won that fight. And, and and people still say that he probably won the fight. But, you know, at the end of the day, your record has zero losses and one draw. So that's 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 pretty much that. Um, shoot, let's let's just let's get into the NBA, man. It look. So last night. The Raptors' back was against the wall. It looked, they, you know, they were down 2-0. 
the Bucks handled their business in, of course, in Milwaukee. And it just, it looked like, well, it didn't look like because it's true. Kawhi Leonard was was a man. <laughs> him, he, Kawhi and Giannis are playing like men amongst boys. But the thing is, Giannis has more help. Chris Middleton stepping up. Brooke Lopez had a big game. Eric Bledsoe's playing okay. Miritich is doing what he got to do. For Toronto, the people that are supposed to step up outside of Kawhi is not. We all know Kyle Lowry's uh, playoff deficiencies. Even though he had 30 points in the first game, I think he came back to life and had like 16 the next. Pascal Siakam has played terrible. Marcus has looks like he can't guard anybody at this point. Fred Van Vliet, while he had a a, a big three-point shot last night, he hasn't done much. It's really been Kawhi and nobody else, and it showed. You're not going to beat Giannis and the Bucks with just one person, and that's the NBA today. Maybe at the first round, you can have one superstar. Like the first round, you're usually playing – if, if you're the better superstar – more than likely, you're going to get out the, the the round. Maybe one exception, of course, are when Russell Westbrook. When Russell Westbrook um got bounced, of course, a couple times out the playoffs. Uh, to to you know Damian Lillard to James Harden, the Rockets before they were really the Rockets to Donovan Mitchell. You know, you have situations like that. More than likely, at the in the first round, you can get away with just one star. That one star, one superstar will carry you. If Anthony, just like uh, last year, Anthony Davis pretty much carried Port, uh, the Pelicans past Portland. Now, yes, you had good games from Drew Holiday and from Ray John Rondo at the time, but it was still Anthony Davis. It's just when you get to the second and it's the second round of conference finals when your other players are going to have to step up. And as we're seeing, like, 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 for instance, the Bucks against Boston this year. Outside of Kyrie, and Kyrie really didn't have the greatest series either, but outside of Kyrie, nobody consistently stepped up, whether that was Gordon Hayward, whether that was Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, who came back from injury that series. Uh, nobody stepped up outside of Kyrie, and Kyrie was taking taking 30 shots. It was just didn't work. For Toronto, who did Toronto play the second round? Toronto played um, Philly. And Philly had, outside of Joel Embiid, who, who had his problems, they really didn't have a star step up. And when they did, whether it was Joel Embiid, they won the game. But there was inconsistency. Ben Simmons really, really ham- was hampered by the fact that he can't shoot. Jimmy Butler went in and out. Tobias Harris was a no-show pretty much the entire series. The bench pretty much was a no-show the entire series. And and, and it's, at that point, like I said, the second round, you pretty much need your support. You, maybe if you have more than one more than one star, you need both your stars. When you get to the conference finals, which is where we are now, that's when you are all hands on deck. 
conference finals and the NBA finals. More especially the NBA finals, but right now, all hands on deck, especially when you're a team with deficiencies. Going into the playoffs, going into the year, I had and you can look back on it too. I had Golden State and Toronto playing in the NBA finals. I had Toronto because I thought you had Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, OG, who is injured right now. You had Jersey Baca. You had so many pieces, so many defensive pieces, as well as people that can get you a bucket or two. Of course, you had Kawhi Leonard, who actually played better than I expected he would play. But you had Kawhi Leonard. You have Kyle Lowry, who I thought was going to play better because you're playing alongside a better player. And I thought that Toronto was going to be able to make it through the East. Now, I didn't see the Bucks being this good. I knew Giannis was going to be good. And I knew he was going to be an MVP candidate. More than likely, he's going to win the MVP. But I knew he was going to be an MVP candidate. But I didn't know that they were going to be this good. And when you're playing against a Bucks team this good, you need to fire on all cylinders. And Toronto has not done that. They did that in game one of this series, but it, they didn't sustain it, especially in the fourth quarter when Kawhi ran out of gas. And Kyle, while Kyle Lowry was hooping, nobody else was. Pascal Siakam had another bad game. Serge Ibaka had it. Well, I'm not going to say bad game. Bad quarter. Kawhi, I don't think, scored that quarter. Nobody scored outside of uh, Kyle Lowry. I think he scored like one bucket or one field goal. Of course, they had free throws, but... And while they won in double overtime last night, it's hard to to look at Toronto and not see where they lack at. Outside of Kawhi, nobody has stepped up. I thought Danny Green, who had playoff potential, I mean, who had playoff experience, I thought he was going to step up, and he hasn't stepped up. Kyle Lowry, you have a fresh start because you've been terrible every single time you've been in the playoffs. I thought playing with a better player, you know, playing alongside a better player, not nothing against DeMar DeRozan, but let's be real, DeMar DeRozan is, is, is a country mile worse than Kawhi Leonard. And, and Kyle Lowry didn't have to bear much of the burden of scoring. I thought that he would step up. That has not been the case. And while the Bucks handled business and did what they were supposed to do in winning at their crib, this game last night didn't do much confidently. I didn't really put much confidence in me that Toronto can win this series. Toronto was controlling the entire game, just like game one. They were controlling the entire game. The difference between game one and this one, of course, they had the home crowd. You had help from a couple key, like like I said, Fred Van Vliet hit a hit a big three. Uh, Danny Green hit a big, you know, big big three. Kawhi Leonard did his thing again. I think he had like thirty six, nine and eight or something. The thing is, you were controlling the game the entire way. But it was the second quarter and the third and the fourth quarter where 
Milwaukee just imposed their will. Get the ball to Giannis. We're going to do what we got to do. Giannis going to create, be ready to hit some open threes, and they did that. And honestly, if it wasn't for Giannis bricking a couple free throws, they would have won the game in overtime. Do I think that, and, and this has caused a debate amongst a lot of people, who right now is better, Kawhi Leonard or Giannis Antetokounmpo? If you ask me, I say Kawhi. The fact that Kawhi is a lot better offensively and defense. He's a he's a better two-way player than Giannis. While I think Giannis is top five, Kawhi to me is better. But that's not going to help you in a ser- in this series. That might have helped you first round. But if they were playing first round, one team would be considerably worse than the other. But this is not going to help you. Having one superstar and nobody else show up is not going to help you in the conference finals. And that's why I think, from what I've seen, I really don't think Toronto has a shot. I think they lost at game one. And yes, yes, my my opinion, of I mean, not my opinion. It all could change game two. They can come out looking dominant like Milwaukee looked dominant game two. I'm sorry, in game four. Toronto can come out looking dominant in game four like Milwaukee did in game two. And we have a whole new series. We have a whole new conversation to have. But right now, I, while Toronto is, in, is still at home, I don't see them duplicating a, a game like they have. Like they did last night. Of course anything could change. But I don't see it. I don't see it at all. It's it's something to, to, to see. But Toronto has too many deficiencies man. It, it's kind of like. How the, the Cleveland Cavaliers were yet last year. If LeBron James didn't have a historic. All time game. They weren't. They didn't even have a shot to win. Think about it. In the conference, I mean, in the in the conference finals last year, they're going up against Toronto. I mean, uh, they're going up against Boston. LeBron James has one of the best game sevens he's ever had, and they barely won. In Boston, go to the NBA Finals. He he has one of the greatest. NBA Finals games of all time. Dropping what? 53, 51, 53 points. And if it wasn't for J.R. Smith. Completely forgetting what time it was. On the clock. They lost. That's this Toronto team. And I didn't expect this. Like I said, I expected them to go to the finals. I didn't expect seeing this. This Toronto team has that feel of. Kawhi or bust if Kawhi isn't giving you points if Kawhi isn't locking down Giannis if Kawhi isn't doing everything they really have no shot and that's what it feels like and it shouldn't be that way seeing as that you have an all-star in Kyle Lowry plus some defensive stalwarts and some quality players in Serge Ibaka, Danny Green, Mark Gasol now you're supposed to be better than this and, and and it hasn't it hasn't really festered that way in 
again, while Toronto did win last night, I don't see I don't see them winning this series. I don't see them winning what now three out of four games. I don't see it at all. It could happen. It could definitely happen, but it's, that's not something I'm seeing. And we can go on the other side. We can go on the other other conference, the Western Conference. First, let me say, Golden State is Golden State. Golden State is showing you just how a champion is supposed to act. It's supposed to play. It's supposed to carry themselves. No Kevin Durant. And before I go on, no, no, no. The Golden State Warriors are not better without Kevin Durant. Ke- we There has been debates, and I think Kevin Durant is the best player in the world right now. You're telling me that a team is better without the best player in the world? I beg to differ. But with that being said, Golden State is playing like they used to. You know, the ball is moving. Steph is going crazy again. Clay is going crazy again. Draymond is triple-double Draymond. Which really got me thinking. When we talk about strength in numbers, which was their slogan back in, I believe, 2015, and which has kind of been their slogan since or before they had KD, they're talking about strength in numbers. Let's look at that. I don't, I to be completely honest with you, I don't think that Golden State has ever had quote unquote strength in numbers. And here's what I mean by that. Let's look at that team. Strength in numbers. 2015. Harrison Barnes. I love Harrison Barnes. You know, he's a UNC alum. I love it. But what has Harrison Barnes done in in, in Dallas? Nothing. Nothing worth noting. Let's just say that. Leandro Barbosa did absolutely nothing in Phoenix when he, after he left Golden State. Can I wait? Can someone tell me what team Maurice Spates is on? Is he still even playing? James Michael McAdoo. Last time I checked, if he's not in the G League, he's overseas or in the Big Three. Another North Carolina alum. Shouts out. Now you look at this team. This year's team. Kevin Looney. Who has who has who has been been great. He he's made himself some money this playoffs. But let's be real. Kevin Looney isn't really doing much of what he's doing now if he's on another team. McKinney, Alonzo, or yeah, Alonzo McKinney. I'll wait. Can you tell me which college he went to? Never mind. Don't look it up. It was, I think it was University of Green Bay or something. Quinn Cook. I love Quinn Cook. He's a D.C. native or D.C. Maryland native. But Quinn Cook has hopped on several teams, hopped around several teams. Uh, Jared uh, Jarekbo. He can barely get playing time. Damon Jones. 
he's young. Jordan Bell, he's young. What I'm saying is, we look at the strength in numbers in 2015 compared to the quote-unquote strength in numbers now. Andre Godala was on uh, both teams too. Let me let me tell you what are the constants and why Golden State is really so good. Yes, they have, what, four All-Stars, five All-Stars. But each All-Star, the thing is, you can have all these great players on one team, but they have to know their role, and they have to be able to play their role and have to be able to buy into their role. Look at their roles. Steph Curry. He's the calming presence. He's the Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, you never heard any... You never heard any rah-rah about Tim Duncan going at it with players. Steph Curry doesn't do that. Hell, you remember when Draymond Green and KD went at it, you realized Steph Curry was out injured. Steph Curry is, he's a selfless. He is, again, a two-time MVP, three-time champion, willing to take a back seat because he realizes once KD went, he's not the best player. But he's the calming presence. He's the one that 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 calms the ship. He bought into his role. Clay Thompson. The do do your job guy. While he is exceptional at it, he knows that he's not the man on the team. He just goes out and does his job. In fact, he has said this several times. I just go and do my job. Klay Thompson one of the best two-way players in the league. He just goes out and does his job. If Klay Thompson didn't go out and do his job, as in he thought he was better than what he is. Don't get me wrong. Klay Thompson is a great, great player. But if he thought he can just take 30 shots a game, taking away from Steph and Katie, this team wouldn't work. If he thought that he was going to be the, the the primary focus, the number one option. This team wouldn't work. It wouldn't work at all. They need Klay Thompson to be the third, sometimes fourth option. They need him to be the player that doesn't really say much. He just goes out and guards the best player. In, or best guard. Sometimes best forward. They need Klay Thompson to do that. And Klay Thompson has no problem doing that. Look at Draymond Green, the tough guy. Every team needs a tough guy. Every time you see a scuffle or something, you see Draymond Green there, or Draymond Green's in the middle of it. Yeah, it might have cost him a, to me, it cost him a title in 2016, but that's Draymond. Draymond is the tough guy. Draymond is the one that'll get in your face. He's the one that'll challenge you, but you respect that because you know that's his personality. He's not doing it for facade. He's doing it because that's exactly what he does. That's his personality, and they know that. KD, the best player. KD is the best player. No, I don't care what you think. I'm a Steph Curry fan, but KD is the best player, hands down. KD right now is a top 20, maybe top 15 player of all time. There's no way he is not the best player on this team. Seven feet. Handles like a guard. One of the best shooters of all time. Yeah. 
Katie, Katie knows his role. When Katie is on the floor, you defer to him. And 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 everyone knows that. As great as Steph is, everyone knows that. And then you have the glue guy, which is Andre Gudala. Andre Gudala comes and does exactly what he does all the time. Andre Gudala comes in, he just plays. He plays, he's a great defender. He's a great he's he he's great at anticipating what happens. Or what's going to happen, which is why you see a lot of you know late game stops, late game swipes. That's Andre Godala. He knows his role and he does it well, and he's the glue guy. He's the one that puts it all together. When you realize when things are going awry, uh, Steph Curry is not 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 hitting. Klay Thompson struggling. KD struggling. Dre struggling. Andre Gudala comes in and does his thing. He'll give you a 15-point game. He'll give you a 12.8 rebound game. That's what Andre Gudala does. And it that's the glue guy. You see, you can say strength in numbers, but really what it, what it, to me what it really is is the best players know their role. Klay Thompson can go in any he can go on the the Chicago Bulls and put up 30 shots a game. Draymond can go to the Orlando Magic and be the best player. Steph Curry can say, man, I'm a two-time MVP. I'm a three-time champion. I'm not about to defer to nobody. KD can be like, I know I'm the best player. Give me the ball. I don't need to pass anybody. But if that's the, if that would have happened, if that happens, this team is not great. This team is not about to go and more than likely win their third straight championship. Being this the fourth time going in a row. And that's why Golden State is so great. And this is what we're seeing. This is what we are we are we are seeing. And and this is more Golden State being great than it is Portland not being great. You realize in two game and no, in three games. Two out of three, Portland had a 15-plus point lead at, at, a, at a certain point. Portland is doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's just when you have a team as great as Golden State, they know, they've they seen it all. They know how to come back from largely or large deficits. They, they, don't, they don't get rattled. Portland, once you start, once that 15 or 18-point lead dwindles to 13, dwindles to 8, dwindles to 5, then you start getting rattled. Then your best player, C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, you, you start taking impromptu shots and start missing shots. And then your role players stop. They feed off your energy, so they start missing shots. The problem with Portland is they, they haven't been here. Also, Damian Lillard is playing with a uh, what separated rib or ribs. So he's not able to get the win that he's supposed to. He's not able to get the explosion. Explosion. It's kind of like a grind for him to play. But also, like he even stated with uh, Rachel Nichols, they're doubling him all the time. They're not letting – they will let anybody – if they lose because C.J. Myers – I mean, uh, Myers Leonard has 15 points and C.J. goes off for 40. And that, that they're cool with that. But Damon, the heart of their team, which is Damon Lillard, he cannot go off. This is what I thought they would do against – uh, Curry, but that has not been the case. 
The series is over. I don't know if they're going to get swept. We will see tonight. But this series is over, man. This series is over. One, no team has ever come back from 3-0. But also, Portland just, to me, especially after coming out, coming off a of game seven against a game seven against uh, Denver, they just don't have the the stamina. They, they they look mentally and physically fatigued. And don't get me wrong, it's not just because that game seven. It's because of how Golden State is playing them. Golden State is playing them perfectly. They're playing like a championship team. They don't need KD because they have. They don't need KD for this round because they still have three All Stars. One of which is arguably, not even arguably, is the greatest shooter of all time. The second one is arguably top three shooters of all time. I think he's the second greatest shooter ever, and that's Klay Thompson. Now, miss me with all them analysts that say Golden State does not need KD because once Giannis or Kawhi roll up in there, yeah, you're going to need KD. You're going to need KD. Trust and believe. There's nobody on Golden State that is stopping Giannis. Or they need someone that's going to be able to match Giannis. And with the big bodies like George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, they're going to weigh down on Curry. Same thing as Toronto. You have Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet. Danny Green, that's going to weigh down on Curry. You need someone that can just go, and Curry can do it, but you need someone that's going to just go and get you a bucket, and that's KD. He is probably one of the greatest at doing that. So you're going to need him for this for the next round, for the finals. But this round right here against Portland, yeah, it's over. It is a wrap. And there's another thing that we're we're seeing that's not really getting talked about. That is going to be a trend now because we're seeing the success of it unless the league changes. And that's load management. We saw what Kawhi missed about 25 games due to load management. We see a lot of Golden State. You can you can tweak something and, and instead of being out for two games, you'll be out for 15. Because of load management. They won't they probably won't call it load management, but that's what it is. Teams are going to look at load management, which is which which you probably should, and say, well, if we look at Golden State, we look at Toronto, their best players had a large a large amount of their season not played due to load management. And see how far they got. So what? What does a team like Milwaukee could do next year with Giannis? Oh, he's going to sit out. Even though Giannis has already come out and said he's not doing that, but it's still up to the team. Say, oh, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not doing that because of load. I'm not doing that load management. All right. LeBron James has done a lot more last year. I'm pretty sure he's going to do it a lot more next year. 
You see, the league is 81 games. It's a grueling 81 games. While as a fan, I love seeing the NBA for 81 games. I understand how tough it is for an NBA player to play 81 games. Now, yes, it's not like it was back in the day, you know, but it's still tough to get up for 81 games. Most of the time, most of the time, your team is for good teams is a lot more. So whether you shorten the season or you just chalk it up to the game, there's going to be a lot more, quote unquote, load management games. When you see some of the best stars, LeBron's, Curry's, KD's, Anthony Davis, Giannis, Kawhi, Kyrie even has some load management games. You're going to see a lot more of that. Because teams are looking at it like, oh wow, okay, well if they don't play, if they miss twenty five games, and they look and and they look as good as Kawhi's looking in the playoffs, or as good as Giannis is looking in the playoffs, or as good as Golden State as a team is looking in the playoffs. Why don't we adopt that? Why would we play Kyrie all these minutes? Why would we play Anthony Davis all these minutes? The league has a is going. I understand as a as a basketball purist and a and a and a basketball savant i understand what i understand is grueling i understand you know for players you need that break but i also understand for the league and for profit you know for profit that is a that is the last thing they want so the league is gonna have to make some changes whether you ban load management but i'm pretty sure they're not gonna be able to do that because that's the players union that's that's they're gonna know you can shorten the season, but then players will have to take some pay cuts because why would you pay someone $200 million and you're not playing 81 games? That's I'm just I'm looking through the lens of an owner or of a league execs. So this load management, as you've seen, is successful, i.e. Kawhi Leonard. But we'll see the league's going to have to do something about it. Or they don't have to, but they're going to do something about it. Because at this point, it's quote unquote tarnishing the brand. And that's not, that's, mm, we'll see how it goes. Uh, It's, 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 it's <laughs> we'll see. And one thing that I think is 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 here to stay, because whether whether you whether you say it's it's low management or you they'll they'll teams or no they'll switch it up. Oh, he has a minor leg injury. Team doctors say it's not right. That's why you're gonna have to do something about the league, cause, cause just cause they say it's load management or it's not load management, it is load management. They're good. You can come after, you can come back after two games, but you'll be out for twelve. We'd be out for ten. Golden State is good. San Antonio was great at that, and but they were blatant with it. They weren't. Oh no, we're just resting my players. And cause I remember that one game, I think. All the stars for San Antonio and all the stars for Golden State, I think it was like a year or two ago, they all sat. And the league was pissed. 
So this is this is there's change in the making coming. Trust and believe. Trust and believe. Um <laughs> Let's talk about Tyreek Evans right quick. So Tyreek Evans was banned from the NBA due to violating the drug substance abuse thing. And he's able to be reinstated in two years. The problem with that is I don't once it's look at OJ Mayo. Same thing happened to OJ Mayo. After that, I don't I don't I think as unfortunate as it is, I think this might be the last time we see Tyreek Evans in the league. Tyreek Evans is still a productive player, but you'd be a fool to say he, he hasn't declined. Tyreek Evans used to be the man in in San Antonio. Due to injuries, due to the fact that his game really didn't develop as much as it should have. He he isn't, he's just a marginal player at this point. And with this, now teams are going to look at him differently. I don't smoke. I don't use drugs. I don't do none of that. But I understand for some recreational things. You know, some recreational reasons why you'd use it. But I also understand that it's still banned in the league. So, you can't be doing that. And the fact that you got caught in season? Well, you are pretty much out of season since you lost, you know, in the playoffs. But if you were in the playoffs, you'd still be playing. You still got caught? And they they banned him from all NBA activities. Same thing happened to O.J. Mayo. Unfortunately, I think this might be the last time we see Tyreek Evans, man. This would be different. This would be different if he was like a, a still a star player. If he was a Kimball Walker or if he was a Jimmy Butler, if he was a Bradley Beal. This would be a lot different, but he's not. He is a player that is on his, his talents are on the decline. He should have been. The best player for Indiana. And he wasn't. The best player for Indiana That now that Victor Oladipo was out in the playoffs. In the playoffs, Tyree Gavin should have been the best player. The best player was Wesley Matthews and Bogdanovich. He was such an afterthought. It's, 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 it's not even funny. And... That's the that's why I think we're not gonna see Tyreek anymore. You know, another thing that we saw last week was the Rockets firing their defensive uh their defensive coach, Jeff Bez 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 Bezdelic. I'm sorry, Jeff Bezdelic. You see It's crazy how the Rockets the Rockets think. That their their problem is solely defense. Jeff Bed Jeff Bezdelic is not the reason why their defense is so off, or why their defense wasn't the greatest. Which their defense was actually solid this year. Their reason why they weren't that good, or they weren't that good against one team, is when you're so rigid. In your in the way that you approach things, the way that you approach the game, then of course it's 
We all know what Mike D'Antoni's claim to fame is. He revolutionized the seven seconds or less offense. He's all about offense, 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 offense. Shoot, score, shoot, score, shoot, score, shoot, score. We're not going to worry about defense. We're going to outscore you. You whether we're doing threes or layups. That's that's the offense. And that's good and all. But that's not that's not winning basketball. Yeah, you have James Harden, who is arguably one of the greatest offensive players that we have in the league. But when your sole scheme is to just score, that's not going to work, especially when you're going up against a team as cerebral as the Golden State Warriors. Who, if they don't care... There's a misnomer about Golden State. A lot of people think Golden State is nothing but threes. While they're one of the greatest three-point shooting teams ever, or let's not say that. While they have some of the greatest three-point shooters ever, they're a middle-of-a-pack three-point team. I think they were second in the league in mid-range. You know who was last? Houston. Golden State adapted. Golden State changed their scheme they changed the way that they defended houston and they made changes houston did not do that and because of that houston lost houston lost and we look at jeff bezdelic as of course the defensive mind but Jeff jeff was as highly regarded as a defensive guru. So you fire him, but you keep the head coach while you are great in the regular season. And this is the second regular season in a row or third regular season in a row where Houston was great. But then you fall short in the playoffs and you and, and, and you think it's Jeff Bezdelic. Maybe it's the fact that your scheme does not change at all in the playoffs than it does from the regular season. Maybe it is the fact that teams know how to play. Just don't let them shoot threes. James Harden's going to go off, but don't let anybody else shoot threes. And don't let him hit, hit, get those step back threes. Don't let him get to the line 15,000 times. Maybe it's the fact that Chris Paul is declining. Quiet as a cap, he is declining. Maybe it's the fact that outside of you, you have too many specialists. You don't have any. Too, you don't have too many players that can put the ball on the floor and get a bucket. You have yeah, Eric Gordon can do that. Chris Paul can do that. James Harden can do that. But nobody else can. Austin Rivers does it in spurts, but nobody else can do that. Maybe it's the fact that while your defense is great, you're still going up against an all-time great team in Golden State. And, 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 and Houston's defense is not great. Maybe because it's good. But you're still going up against an all-time great team. Maybe quiet is kept. Mike D'Antoni has been outcoached by Steve Kerr three, three years in a row. Or two years in a row. Yeah, Jeff Bezdela got fired. But I don't think it was all on him. And I don't, I don't think that should be the narrative that is all on him. Because de- to me, definitely is not. At all. At all. But hey, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be long before he finds another gig.
Um, before we get to the top unpopular topic of the week, let's shout out to Memphis. Memphis, uh, the college team, for overtaking uh, Duke and being the number one recruiting team in the league or in college. Shout out to Penny Hardaway. That's that's really showing that Penny is not just a good player or or isn't just a former good player. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to get people to his his team. He knows how to get players to buy into his organiz his 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 dream, his organization, his team. You know, a lot of times we see and most of the times we see either as Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina or UCLA. We always see the big blue blood teams get all the recruits. And even still, Duke still has a stockpile of recruits. But now that I've seen that Memphis is starting to creep up in teams like, you know, Missouri or teams like I said Memphis. You know, teams like that. You're, they're, you're, they're starting to creep up in the in the in the recruiting race. It's good. I think that's great for college basketball. College basketball might might be taking hits because I believe that they're gonna very soon they're gonna do a one and the one and done rule is gonna be out. You can just come straight out of high school, but college basketball at least next year will be in a good place. Yeah, Duke still has a lot of talent. Kentucky still has a lot of talent, uh, but the fact that Memphis and other teams are are able to get recruits now. And like I said, Memphis is the number one recruit recruiting team in the league in the in the nation. So, you know, college basketball is in a good in a good spot. Um with that being said, let's get to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Un popular opinions to utter such blasphemy he's got the nerve the audacity the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense just blasphemy so this media is in a sports media is in a weird place right now there's not there's a lot of there's to me there's a lot more opinions and, and it's fun i say that and and this is an opinion podcast. This is, but I'm not a I'm not a sports reporter. I don't claim to be a sports reporter. I don't claim to have. I don't have sources like that. I don't have sources. Period. My sources is ESPN and 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 Bleacher Report. I don't. All this is opinion based. This is not fact based unless there's stats or something. But this is all opinion based. This is my podcast. I'm not on TV. Yet. I'm not I'm not my platform is solely based on what I want it to be it's solely based on my opinions it's only based on my views on things and it's solely based on what I want it to be but with that being said like I said this is not a factual thing I'm not reporting news I'm not I'm just talking about how I feel about things it's just my podcast my opinions on a situation. And I feel that those opinions, not of mine, but of reporters and, and sports on-air personalities, I think is getting spewed over into, quote, 
people are getting confused with as in what is real news and what isn't or what is real fact or what is just opinions we saw colin cowherd of the herd that's on fs1 i watch it frequently when i can he did a segment as in odell beckham's greatest moments and only one of them was the catch that was number one of course they he talked about the boat he talked about uh the the kicking net he talked about pissing in the end zone as a you know the dog celebration he talked about all these situations and and very and, and really didn't speak on odell beckham on the on the on the field and odell beckham clapped back to he he had a couple of very long uh, Twitter responses and he was upset he thought that him and Colin Cowherd had a relationship which they did and he he thought that you know of course don't speak on don't speak on me if, if it's you know stuff like that and I see that a lot again these 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 analysts these on their personalities these sports reporters they have, you know, done their due diligence. They've beat the block. They've hit the pavement. They've done all that they can do. The thing is, I feel that opinions, if it is a podcast or if it is clearly stated that these are just opinions, I get it. And that's cool. But when you're putting information out to the world making it seem like it's fact or making it seem like it's it's true. I understand as an athlete, you getting upset. And Baker Mayfield even came back in and defended Odell Beckham Jr., which he should have. I don't think that Colin Cowher is a bad reporter. I don't think that any of these people are bad reporters. They do their things. Stephen A. Smith, you know, Max Kellerman, they all do their thing. I just think that and I I fear that we are in a space right now where people are getting news confused and, and facts confused with opinions. Colin Cowherd is one of the most watched shows, sports shows on TV. You also see that a lot with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp with Undisputed. Skip Bayless has a long history of having wild ass takes that a lot that that goes over that a lot of people think are facts and no they're not. And as much as we love Shannon Sharp and I love Shannon Sharp as well he's a, he's a character I love Shannon Sharp he does the same thing. Yes, you'll have you'll have stats and moments to back it up, but it's still your opinion. And I think that if you preface it by saying this is just my opinion, then it'll go a lot smoother. You see reports, Katie is unhappy, uh, Kyrie is unhappy, but it's never come out of the players' mouths. I don't remember the last time I heard, I just talked to Kyrie and he said that I'm leaving. Nobody ever said, I've never heard Kyrie, nor have I heard Katie said, I'm leaving next year or I'm leaving a free agency. We've just heard all around. 
I think as a good reporter or as a good analyst or something, if you don't hear it from the source, don't report it as fact. Because it's not fact until we see something or until they make the move or until they say it. What, ha- what happened with Colin Cowherd and Odell Beckham Jr. this week to me is 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 a sign of the times, man. Players are getting a lot more emboldened to say what they need to say and say what they want to say with social media, with this whole player empowerment movement, which which what we are today. Players feel a lot, a, a lot more. Players have a lot more power. It's not they feel players have a lot more power. Players feel they can say and they have the right to defend themselves to say what they want to say, especially on social media. You see LeBron does that a lot. Odell Beckham does that a lot. Um, Joel Embiid is, is someone that big, someone that does that a lot. When you're a player and you're, you feel like you're getting attacked unfairly, you have every single right to respond. Odell Beckham Jr. had every single right to respond to Colin, Colin Cowherd. The thing that I preference and the thing that I hope for people in Colin Cowherd's situation Again, sports analysts, sports reporters, sports, you know, TV personalities, the Rachel Nichols of the world is if it's not if you if you 100 percent sure it is not fact. Don't report it as fact, maybe report as opinions, maybe report it as as. I heard a lot of I heard. No, you didn't hear because if oh, if Katie didn't say it. Kyrie didn't say it. If the if the athlete didn't say it, then it's, it might not be true. Just just be careful of of letting your person letting your feelings about things get in the way of your factual reporting or unfactual reporting, depending on how it is. You see a lot of t- a, a lot of a lot of on-air personalities and a lot of TV people and a lot of quote-unquote sports reporters are doing that a lot more. And I think that's that 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 adds into the anger that a lot of players have towards the media. Yeah, you have some players and some media people that, you know, they trust each other. But you have a lot of players now that, no, they don't trust the media. Hell, you've seen KD lash out at specific media outlets you've seen Kyrie do that you've even seen LeBron DeMarcus Cousins Anthony Davis you've seen a lot more players these days uh what's his name um Russell Westbrook you see a lot more players these days going back at the media because they feel like the media is just creating their own narrative which a lot of times they are a lot of times they are so this is mainly to the media people, man. And again, I'm not big. I'm just doing this is just my podcast, the unpopular podcast where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. The thing is, this is my opinion. I stated this is my opinion and this is my platform. The unpopular podcast is my platform. Be very careful what you put out into the lexicon as quote-unquote facts. 
Because if it's not, be ready for the blowback that you might or might not receive. Just saying. But with that, uh, with that being said, man, let's let's quickly get to the game of the week. Game blouses. I call game. Expect the game. It's game time. no games. It's the game of the week. So it's simple, man. The game of the week is tonight. By the time this drops at 9 o'clock, the game will have just started. And that is Golden State against Portland. Portland, you're down 3-0. While I don't think, and I'm pretty sure you're not going to win the series, do not get swept, man. This, this, this... At this point, yeah, you have made it to the conference finals, but people are still going to look at Portland as that team that can't get over the hump. They got swept last year. They got swept the year before, and as in when they when they when they lost, you got swept the year before. You got swept last year, and then you, you'll get swept this year. You can't get swept. Damian Lillard has to has to play big. Yes, I know you have separated separated uh, ribs, but if you're out there, you have to hoop. Hell, Curry is playing with a dislocated shoulder. I mean, dislocated finger. Andre Gudala might be out. More than likely, he probably will be out. But you have to you you have to lay it all on the line, Portland. Because if not, you are go you you getting you're staying there. You're staying at home because you got swept again. And that's the last thing you want. So my game of the week is tonight, right now, actually. Portland against Golden State, game four. Will Golden State close it out? Will Portland at least extend it to another game? We'll see. And there you have it, man. That has been the Unpopular Podcast. That's been this episode. I do want to appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys that have been supporting me. I really do, man. Sorry for the noise in the background. There's construction going on. Uh... Outside and it's it's jive kind of loud, so I apologize if you've heard it throughout the entire episode. But again, I do appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys support. I appreciate everything that you've done. Please, please, please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Whether that's on YouTube or any other platform, SoundCloud, iTunes, just whatever, wherever you listen regularly. Again, I appreciate you listening, and please subscribe. That would mean the world to me. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, I expect this week, by the the time that we see each other or we hear each other again, the the playoffs will be gearing up for the NBA Finals more than likely. So, you know, we'll we'll talk about that, and, and I'm excited. So, again, this is the Unpopular Podcast with your boy Jalen. And until next time, much love.
I feel is rain. How can I maintain with that shit on my brain? I resort to violence, my niggas moving silence. Like you don't know what I style is. New York niggas the wildest. My niggas is with it. You want it? Come and get it. Took it, then we split it. You fucking right, we did it. What the fuck you gonna do when we run up on you? Fucking with the wrong crew. Don't know what we going through. I'ma have to show niggas how easily we blow niggas. Let me find out it's some more niggas that's running with your niggas. Nothing we can't handle. Break it up and dismantle. Light it up like a candle. Just cause I can't stand you. Put my shit on tapes like you bustin' grapes. Think you holding late, then you haven't met the apes. Stop. Pussy and 